Well, today we're going to look at chapter 3, and we're going to uh, learn this. Here's what I want you to walk away with. I'm going to strive to trust him in all I do and say as I live my life according to his precepts that are written in his word, the Bible. And so what I want uh, us to learn today is that we, exactly that, that we need to understand, we need to try, uh, strive to trust him. And so today's message is almost like when I started putting it all together a couple of weeks ago, I was going, well, that's just so churchy. You know what I'm talking about? You know, and and then I even thought of the old hymn, Trust and Obey. There is no other way. It's a great hymn, but it's pretty much a simple hymn, Trust and Obey. So today's message is about this. As we look at the garden experience and what's happening, it's just that you need to trust God. And you need to obey him. You need to do what he says. You need to do how he wants you to to do it. You need to act like he wants you to act. It's it's a very simple. Almost me standing here is that. I want you to understand that when we look at this garden experience, we can look at all this deep theological meaning that goes into it. But in reality, all he was saying was, here's the tree, right? Trust me and obey me and don't touch it. And listen, after that, after this, we're jumping into the next chapters, in the chapter 4, and it's going to start with Cain and Abel. And from that point on, right, from the garden Till on. Remember, I keep on telling you, one day somebody's going to remember that I believe that all the Word of God can be summed up in one word. Anybody remember what it is? Somebody say it out loud. Redemption. Redemption and love. That was good. That was good. Redemption and love. It's just redemption. From this point on, we see uh, God trying to redeem his people. Read every Old Testament story. It's just about God. Here's the way I want you to live. Here's how you didn't. I'm going to redeem you. Right? So as we look at this, I'm looking at it from that trust and obey uh, thing. So let's go back, right back to the scripture. Here it is. Where we are, uh, uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. We're going we're to use the ESV um, uh, uh, translation. It says, now the serpent, and the serpent can, a lot of people want to talk about the serpent. I want to stop there. The serpent is a snake. Most of the time it's talking about just a serpent. The majority of the time it's talking about a serpent. And later on when it says that he's going to deal with the serpent, uh, then it says that you will, just, just to kind of give you a little uh, 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 history, uh, what people talk about. Then it says that, remember, after he looked at, he looked at the serpent, and he says, from now on, you'll uh, basically breathe in the dust of the ground. So some people want to say that the serpent was actually a worm because a worm takes dirt in. I think it was just a serpent. I think it was a snake, right? Uh, now, back then, whether a snake or, or whether it was a serpent or a serpent or a snake, you say, well, both, both the same. Well, uh, it could be, uh, but I, I just believe it's some type of serpent, some type of snake. All I know is it's, it wasn't nice. How's that? didn't matter what it was. It, it could have been a chihuahua that talked to him. And it, all I know is he was trying to get them to disobey, right? So it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Let's just remind ourselves of a couple of things. First of all, that word crafty in the Hebrew is used. It means to be very shrewd, but also attached to it a number of times. in that Hebrew word is the word sensible. So in other words, we know that our adversary thought it through, right? He's very sensible. He's trying to give them some logic that... Uh, and remember, sometimes we can't explain things that God is doing or God has done. So that's what that word means. And then uh, we go on... And this word, uh, uh, he said, you should not touch it, is the word nago. It's the first mention. And it's an interesting word in the Hebrew because it says, listen, did you say you can't eat it and you can't even touch it? And that word touch is also used in the Hebrew. The word that around it, the second most time, is reach. 
I think it's interesting that it says, listen, don't even reach for it. Isn't that the way sin is? Just kind of reach out for it. You know, it's kind of like, hmm, it's kind of like one trip to the buffet, but I'm going to reach out and have two trips to the buffet. Or I'm not full. I, I mean, I'm full, but I'm just going to reach and get a little bit more. And when we look at any sin that we've dealt with in our life, it's a good chance we reached out for it, Right? Yeah, and then we want to blame, well, it was my mama, it was my daddy, it was my sister, it was my brother, it was my life, it was everything. No, 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 no. Look, the bottom line is you reached for it. If, 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 if you've dealt with alcoholism or any type of drug addiction, you reached for it, right? If you're dealing with any other type of physical addiction, you reached for it. If you're dealing with pornography, pornography it's the fact that you reached for it. And so I want us to understand that he said, here's all this, and you decide whether you want to reach for it. He said, and then he went and said, did he really say that, you know, you, you can't reach for that and I can't touch it? And remember, we want to remind that the garden was not heaven. It was perfect for man, but it was not heaven perfect. You need to understand that. A lot of people think, I just want to clear up that because there's questions. You know, people go, well, is, is that the heaven? No, it says that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Does that make sense? We are not going to, when we die, we are not going to go back to the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden was made for man, okay? It was made... For, for man in a perfect way, and, and they messed it up. And Revelation, just to prove that, in Revelation 21, it says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. So we know that's not where we're going, and the sea was no more. And then also in Revelation, it says this, But nothing unclean will ever enter it. So in other words, when it talks about the new heaven, this is not the garden experience. This is not earth. This is a new heaven. This is the new earth. It says nothing unclean will ever enter it. So in other words, we have to know that God allowed this, this being that he uh, perfected, that was the model uh, uh, of, of perfection is what the scripture says about Satan. He said, listen, this is perfect, but listen, he, he let them in there. You know why? Because he said, I want you to have free will. I want you to choose. I want you to choose me. I don't want you to love me because I forced your head in the ground and I said, kneel. I want you to love me. I want you to obey me. I want you to trust me. Because it says, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false. See, what, what Satan did, he came in as a serpent and he did what was detestable and he did what was false. He manipulated the minds of Adam and Eve. And that's... That's not heaven. And when we get to new heaven, it's going to be so, totally different. And that won't, will not happen. So let's continue to read. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. All right, here we go. It says, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. Listen. But, uh, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Remember that word he said, unless you just reach out for it, you're going to die. But the serpent said, but the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, right? For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. She's trying to protect him from that. And then so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, now it's just interesting to me because I've got to go in my mind and go, well, he said, well, surely you're not going to die. And then then he swayed over and said, it's just a good old fruit tree. I wonder if that's what happened. Because the next line was, and so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to her eyes. So in other words, as she passed by that tree, there must have been times that she looked at it and went, hmm. 
because it, it brought some delight to your eyes. And what we have to understand when we're talking about sin and we're talking about, remember, sin means to miss the mark, in the, right? You, if you don't know that, that's what it means. It means here's the mark, and, and you got a head for it, and you miss the mark. So the mark was there all the time, right? Here. And so what happens is she sinned, and she missed the mark, uh, and, and she decided to take of that fruit. But it was delightful to her eyes. And I want you to know, it's, it's like one song says that sin, any type of thing we get involved in, it doesn't happen pretty much immediately. It's kind of this little slow fade. We walk toward it. We dabble in it. And all I want to bring up to you today is not for you. Remember, I don't manipulate. So you decide what your sin is. You decide what your delight is that you're walking, that you dabble in. Okay? And then be careful because the minute you reach out and touch it, mm, Right? Anybody reached, ever reached out and touched something? You went, man, I should have never done that. Oh, I'm the only one? Yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure. Turn your halo down just a little bit and realize that we're all human. And this is a beautiful picture of this. He says, and, he says, and that it was delight for the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. And she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her. And he ate. And I just think that's a beautiful picture of, when I say beautiful, a terrible picture, but a beautiful picture of what we do with one another, right? We just kind of pass it along, right? We try to, what we want to do is break the chains of our past, right? We, we don't want to continue in that sin. I don't want to continue the way my father was who never knew me. I don't want to continue in the life of even a stepfather that didn't know how to be a stepfather, I don't want to continue in that. So what happened is they, she took that fruit, and I'm in, it's just interesting. It's one of those questions for heaven. I keep on going back to that. I wonder how that happened. Was it, was it this, I've seen it described as this woman that takes a bite of it, and just, it just goes down her cheek, and she's going, it's so stinking good. And her voice gets raspy and says, you've got to try this. Or was it, mm, wow, oh, take a look. Oh, you're naked. Because the minute that they ate it, I mean, really, that's what happened. And I'm not making little, but there, it had to, did she go, did she take that bite and say, oh, ma'am, here. And then he ate it and went, you know, she looks away. He keeps on looking because that's the way we are. And, and, and it's just human humanity. And they're looking at one another and they're going, whoa, whoa. And all of a sudden, sin enters in and this understanding of, you know. And some people will say, well, that was the original sin that we all had. That was Adam's sin. And then, you know, we did the same after that. It just was birthed right there. Look, man, can you imagine? I just think of that. I'd like to see that in a, I'd like to see it in a serious 30-minute Documentary, and I'd love to see it in a 30 minute, um, what, uh, what am I I'm trying to think of the word? Uh, como- yeah, comedy, because I think it was funny then. Uh, then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Now, isn't that something? They just went and got, what do you want to do? I don't know. We need to do something. Let's get the biggest leaves we can because this is not good. And they're seeing each other, and they're not comfortable with it. Isn't that sad? They're, they're, they're not comfortable with... They're not comfortable with who they are. Before that moment, look, that all they were was God's creation. 
And God loved them. And God said, here's the garden. And God made it for them. And God said, here's the sun. And God said, here's the moon. And here's the animals. That's all there was. Wow. That, that, that must have been great. But it wasn't heaven. It was man perfect. Okay? This is, this is made for men. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid. <laughs> now, that word hid is the Hebrew word, and it's, it means to withdraw. Isn't that interesting, these words? So all of a sudden, they hear, uh, the, they hear God walking through the cool of the day. Now, here's something that I want. Again, uh, we have all these theologians that have all these different views of what happened here. Some would say, well, God walked in the cool of the garden all the time with, with them. And we don't know that. But they did recognize the sound. But here's the thing. When God moved, uh, they knew his sound because he was the only one there besides the animals. Am I correct? So somehow they knew that it was God. If it was God and they talked with him all the time, well, that's pretty interesting. We don't know that. That's a question for heaven. Or could it have been that they heard him, but they never really saw him? They just sensed him there, and he spoke. And how he spoke to them, I don't know. It's a question for heaven. We all want to put it in a box and say, well, it had to be this and it had to be this. Have fun with that, even if it was like that, like I said last week, just so God could say, I'm God, you're not. He could change it and say, it's not going to work with your thoughts. It doesn't work that way. But either way, he came walking through the cool of the day. Now, we think, well, this is just a, a fun conversation that God was having. But I wonder if really the bottom line is that he was really walking in saying judgment's about to happen. Because I, I need to take care of this. I made this place for you. I asked you. I said, trust me. I said, obey me. How many, all, many of you have children, right? What do you want your children to do? You want them to trust you and you want them to obey you. Do you want them to obey you when they're in front of you? Or do you want them to obey you when they're not in front of you? I want them to obey me both times, right? So when, when, when our children are away, like all, all those years in youth ministry, people would say, I would go, you know, your, your student is a wonderful kid. And they go, what? <laughs> and I go, man, yes, sir, no, sir, just very willing to help. I can't get him to lift anything. I can't even do anything around the house. And I always said, well, it's not how they act around you. It's how they act when they're not around you. Right? So God was saying, if he walked in the cool of their day, right, then there were times that, yeah, he was there, but they may have not sensed him, and they took advantage of that. Look, it seems to withdraw. See, the minute that we sin, the minute that we kind of do something wrong or we start dabbling. Now, listen to me. Some of you may be here this week. You may be right here. So Listen. When you start dabbling, when you start opening your mind to, when you start not trusting God, not obeying him because it just you don't want to, here's this, you are the one that withdraws, not him. See, the further that, uh, the, 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 the more we dabble into this area of sin, of missing the mark of what God wants us to have, we are the one withdraw. But it's funny, we tell everybody, well, how are you in your relationship with God? And you go, I just don't feel like he's close to me. It's because you and I withdraw. We hide. We can't hide. We cannot hide from God. That's what's funny, you know? We just can't hide from him. You ever seen somebody trying to hide 
uh, from doing something. I was in uh, Houston the other day uh, going to see Spikes, and I, uh, I, I stopped at this little coffee shop to do a little work. There's no lie. I'm sitting here, and I'm, I'm at a little bar thing, and uh, there's a window right here, and I'm on the inside because I, I, I don't really like to be outside when it's hot. And so I'm looking outside to this area that's uncovered. It's, it's the most amazing thing. And uh, there's a few people out there. And, man, there was some hiding going on, you know. This guy walked in and goes, I just watched him. He just walked in. The other guy goes and took his cigarettes. And he, he said, can I have one? And he took his cigarettes. Yeah, sure. And he took it out. And when he took it out, he dropped something in his hand. And I thought, wow, I just saw a drug. Kind of, it was really what it was. He dropped it right in his hand, and uh, then he goes, hey, I need a light, and he got a light, and I thought, man, they're hidden, right? They're hidden. They're withdrawing from the public and saying, we got to get away with this, and that's the way we do with our lives in sin, right? But here's the thing. I saw it. I saw it. It was awesome. It's kind of cool. If I would have been a police officer, you know, I'd have been cool, really cool to. But it's it's funny. You, somebody's going to see you. Somebody's going to know about it. So you got to be very, very aware that we're the one that withdraws. We're the one that hides. We're the one that thinks that we're actually getting away with something, but we're not getting. It's like our children. You see what they do? They hide cookies under their bed. You know, I didn't take that, right? Or did you eat that brownie? Remember that video? No, and there's brownie all over their face. You can't hide. And, you're, and then they withdraw from you. I love both my girls, but you could see they would withdraw. Are you withdrawing from God? And then you're going to blame God, and you're going to blame the church. You're going to blame people for not coming after you. You withdrew. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. So ask yourself this week, am I on the verge of withdrawing? Then it says this, but the Lord God called the man and said to him, where are you? Like God didn't know. I love that. Where are you? Now, this is just for fun. It's free. It means absolutely nothing. But I think it's funny that the Hebrew word for where is, hey, you know, right here. That's the Hebrew word. That's what they say. Hey, where are you? I think that's funny. So that was free. It says this, and, uh, and he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid. Never afraid before. That's why we withdraw, right? Um, when you do something bad, when you did something bad, uh, well, what's that movie, uh, The Christmas Story? Remember when the little boy did something bad and uh, the, his brother did something bad and then his brother went and hid underneath the, the cabinet in the, in the kitchen? Remember that? Remember what his words were? What are you doing underneath there? Daddy's going to kill. Yeah. Oh, Lord, here it comes. And all of a sudden, they're afraid. He says, I was afraid because I was naked. Look, and I withdrew myself from you. I didn't want you to see me like this. And God's going, I've always seen you like this. I've accepted you like this. And then he goes on. It says, he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I command you not to eat? He asked them two questions. Who told you you were naked? And did you eat of that tree? In other words, let's put the truth out there, see if you'll grab it. And listen, the truth out there for many of us is when our friends come together and they say things to us that we don't want to hear. And the minute you get mad, the minute you get angry, the minute you want to shut off, the minute you want to just... 
If it bothers you that much, you're dabbling. You're withdrawing. I mean, I could bring so many people up here and say, oh, yeah, that's true. I did that. I, da- I was there, and I was thinking everybody else was a problem but me. Be very careful. It says this, uh, and the man said, the woman whom you gave to me to, to be with me, well, she gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate. Now, everybody loves to have fun with that. Well, you know, <laughs> hey, where'd you get that? Uh, she gave it to me. Where'd you get that? Uh, he gave it to me. I think Adam's response was really not a blame. I think it was pretty much, well, she, she, and he kept on looking at her. I mean, come on, he's, he's man, now he's going, and she, this whole thing of me looking at this woman is so different, God, but she gave it to me. It was, it was good. The bottom line is, it's like what my, what my, one of my professors in college said. He took his big old long bony fingers and he took a, he took a chalk and he said, uh, Dr. Atkinson said, uh, now gentlemen, ladies, what do you think? And he wrote down S-I-N. What does sin equal? And well, we all came up with our big theological and he goes, man, those are all good. He said, well, I'm going to tell you what sin is. And he wrote F-U-N. He said, sin's fun. If it wasn't fun, we wouldn't get involved in it. And I remember at first I was a little guy like, no. But you know, the more I thought about it, the thing that we think is sin, it's kind of fun to us, isn't it? It's the way that we feel. It makes us feel good, Right? You grab any sin, the way it feels. And she said, he said, the woman who you gave to me, she gave to me the fruit of the tree, and I ate. And it was kind of this, I, I like this. You ever, you ever done something, you go, I don't know if I like that, but I like it, but I don't know if I like it, but I really like it. It's like eating something. It's like when I gave Ephraim the first lemon. Yeah, that was, Papa gave Ephraim, my little grandchild, because I wanted to do it. When I get my dog, I always go, okay, it's peanut butter time. Let's see you do this. And I like to say, that's mean. I think it's funny. But, and, and they like it. But when I gave Ephraim that lemon, it was kind of like, you know, that, that face that all those babies make. It's like, oh, my gosh, you laugh at it. And then the baby goes, I, I want some more. <laughs> you go, well, wait a minute. You made that bad face. But, but it's good. It's bad. But it's good. It's bittersweet. Did, did we just describe what sin is? It's bittersweet. Even walking away from a sinful life, it's kind of sad for most people because they go, there's a part of it that I enjoyed. And that's the part that you give yourself fully over to your flesh and to our adversary. But what pulls you back is God. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. Listen, I don't know. I know when I preach messages that deal with sin and, and, and all this stuff, somebody's got to be dealing with something. Maybe this message is for you. You're on the verge of really wrecking your life. You say, well, I, I didn't do this. It started because somebody gave it to me. It doesn't matter. You made the choice to eat it. Listen, honestly, and we're going to look at this in just a few minutes. If they just were to trust and obey, and that snake said, hey, here's this. Adam could have crushed the rebellion right there. He could have taken his heel crushed the head of the snake, which was Satan. But he didn't. He could have, but he didn't. And so now here we are. 
Look, it says this. Uh, it says, then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. Look, look, and the Lord God said to the serpent, well, because you have done this. So let's find out what, watch this. Let's find out what the, you know, what's, you know, ah, there you are. The mall of perfection coming back, thinking that you can take this over. And you can't do it. So because you have done this, cursed are you above the livestock and above the beast of the field. And on your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. Look, and then it says, and I will put enmity, I will put hostility between you and the woman. And between your offspring and her offspring. Between your offspring and her offspring. We're talking about Jesus. And I found my first deal uh, about the ESV when they talk about Jesus in, the, in this form, he, it's usually a small letter. So I capitalize them because that's Jesus. He shall bruise your head, and that's the picture of the cross. He's going to bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. He had to go to the death. Uh, he, had to, he had to die on a cross. That's what that's a picture of. Listen, it says this, and to the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. Man. So guys... When you look at guys, when you look at men, you think it's their fault. It's not. It was sin that ended in, and it's, you're like, leave me alone. I've heard all those stories. You, know, you have childbearing pain because in, in the past, you disobeyed God. But we all disobeyed God. If it wouldn't have been, remember I always say when I go to heaven, I'm not going to ask God any questions. I'm going to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk up to Adam, Adam and I'm going to slap him as hard as I can. And I'm going to say, what in the world were you and your woman thinking? Because you had it perfect. Right? But if it wouldn't have been him, it would have been who? Me or you. So it says, uh, multiply your pain, childbearing and pain. You shall bring forth children. And your desire shall be for your husband. And you shall rule over. And he shall rule over you. Most women don't like these verses. But what that means is, hey, it's the way that you made it when you didn't trust me, right? Doesn't mean I'm a sexist. It just simply means there's something within inside of a woman that God said, hey, you're going to desire more. And it's going to be difficult for you. But isn't it, isn't it amazing that, don't you think that childbearing picture is a picture of what happened that day? That you have, you have stepped into this life of sin and as wonderful as it was now, as you're going to be escorted out of the garden, it's one of the most painful moments you ever go through. But also knowing that Jesus had come, it's one of the most joyful moments when you find out who he is and what he wants for you. Look, it says, uh, and to Adam he said, well, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and you have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat it, eat it. Cursed is the ground because of you and the pain you shall eat of all the days of your life. He was setting man up and saying, here's what happened. Thorns and thistles. You know what those Hebrew words mean? Thorns and thistles. That's pretty much it. Thorns and thistles, it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. Look, and the sweat of your face shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. And the man, uh, the man called his wife's name Eve, and because she was the mother of all living, and the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skins and clothed them. So he says to the woman, childbearing is going to be something that's going to be difficult to you. 
But you remember, you've got to stick with me. If you do, at the end of it will be great joy. Right? And then he looked at the man. He said, because you did not listen to me, you listened to somebody else. This whole time that you're on this earth, I will help you find joy, but it's going to be hard work. There are going to be times you're wishing that I wish I could retire early. There's going to be times you go, man, I'm tired of working. I'm tired of doing this. But listen, there's a joy even in that, isn't there? To go on family vacations, to enjoy your family, to know that the sweat of your brow, as hard as it was, as bitter as it was, you get to do this. It's a picture of this life that we are in now. But I think it's really interesting at the end here. It says, and the Lord God made... But he looked at him, he had mercy on him, he had grace on him. He said, I know you can't handle this whole new situation, so let me put some clothes on you. I'm going to clothe you. I'm going to clothe you. Man, aren't you glad that Jesus clothed us with the grace from the cross? Has he clothed us? It's just a beautiful picture of the cross that we see here in the grace and mercy. It says, then the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like one of us. There it is, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and knowing good and evil. And now, lest, now, lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. He said, therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. Now, they're no longer, watch this, they are no longer, remember garden means garden, but also can mean what? Enclosure. They are no longer within the enclosure of safety. They had the free will. They're no longer safe. They're out there living it, and that's us. And the only safety net we have is Jesus Christ and him crucified. The only hope that you have on this earth when, as long as you live, is Jesus Christ and him crucified. The only hope that you'll have when you die is to be in heaven. Watch this, what we read earlier, where nothing detestable will be ever, ever be able to come in. If you read those verses that we read in Revelation, that's where it talks about there'll be no more suffering, there'll be no more tears, there'll be no more sorrow. Everything will be taken away. So our hope is here on earth is with Jesus Christ and him crucified. Our hope to heaven is with uh, Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, I'm going I'm to send you out of here. And he said, you can't come back in. And he drove the man at the, at the east of the garden in Eden. And he placed the cherubim, which is angelic being, and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree. And, and isn't that amazing? Now, for me, I just go, now what's this? We always think that they just went out. I, are you all with me? Again, this is a question for heaven. When they left, he put the cherubim there because he didn't take up Eden. The enclosure was still in. I got to wonder, and why did he put the, the fire? He goes, well, you can't come back in. I wonder if they passed by. Watch this. And they would go, oh, how I long to be in the enclosure. Anybody ever long for that with your relationship with Christ? You come to know Christ as a young kid or as a, as a young adult and then all those times of refreshing and new and you walk by and you read your old journals or you see your kids go through something that you went through and that's, you want them to have that experience and you're saying oh that I wish I could be back in the enclosure of what it was to love Christ of what it was to be passionate for him anybody ever long for that? yeah I wonder how many times they walk past and saw, I can't go in. 
I can't go in. And finally, they had to, to live with that. So here's what we walk away with. I'm unique, and I'm made to bring glory to God, and I must love my creator and myself, his intentional purpose, and I must strive to trust him in all I do and say as I live my life according to his precepts that are written in his word, the Bible. So that's what I want you to walk away with. Walk away with knowing that some of you may be dabbling. Be very careful that all it is about trusting and obeying. That's all we have to do is trust and obey. But thank God for the grace and mercy of Christ. Amen? Nobody is ever beyond what God can do for them. They can't get beyond it, right? Unless they've met death. There's always hope for you, and there's always hope for others. So be careful this week. Take a look at yourself and know that God says, man, don't withdraw from me. Come to me. All right?